to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I am joined by a musician, a guitarist. Uh, he plays. He he's originally from Milwaukee, but he now lives in Miami. Um, he's he plays in a project, an eclectic one called Organicism. Uh, he they've dropped a couple songs already. Uh, Wax, as well as Lost and Found. I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Thank you, Jordan Ratner, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. You're most welcome. How are you doing today? I'm pretty well, thanks. How about yourself? Uh, I'm all right. It's a gloomy day. Uh, <laughs> it's like it rained a little bit. Now it's just really cloudy and, and wet. But uh, I'm sure it's uh, it's bustling down there in Miami, isn't it? It is bustling. Yeah, we've been, I would say, fully open for... <laughs> about six months now uh, and the yeah. weather's beautiful too so yeah what is it like 80 or some shit yeah it's been 70 mid 70s for <laughs> as long as i can remember yeah, i want that so bad i mean i love milwaukee but i really need like a change of climate uh about now i just i hate this time of year it just drags on so much yeah, well, we've gotten a lot of people coming down here for spring break, so you're welcome to join. <laughs> you know, I'm good on that. I'll, <laughs> I'll just wait, you know, uh, when, uh, all this, when, this, when spring break's over, but uh, it, would, it does sound nice. Well, if you do want to come down here, let me know. You're welcome. Anytime. I'll hit you up, man. Please do. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> One of my best friends actually lives down in Florida. Um, but he's more in the Orlando area. Um, mm-hmm. It was my, we, I went to go visit him my s- senior year of college spring break. And, uh, you know, when spring break was still like, uh, when it wasn't during a global health crisis. And uh, it was my first time doing the Disney World Universal Studios uh, starter kit. Uh, it was really fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've never been to Universal Studios, honestly. <laughs> Went to Epcot, Magic Kingdom. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 so like it is so much money. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my buddy just bought us like flash passes because he just didn't want to wait in the lines. He's like, "Dude, fuck it, I'll buy you one too." And <laughs> and so I was lucky uh, and I had a great time, but it's you're going to drop a bag every time you go there. If you're trying to have a good time. Um, I'm uh, content with uh, just walking down to, you know, uh, Bradford beach or Atwater. Uh, in the meantime, I'm good. Yeah. Jordan, what we talk about a Mr. Nice guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so I first like knew who you were, I think. Cause, um, cause your mom was uh, the director of Hillel. Uh, <laughs> back in the day at UWM uh and uh, um I wouldn't go on to really like like that was when I think I first knew who you were but I wouldn't like actually be like oh that's who he is when I saw you were like out on the music scene um I started covering the music scene for breaking and entering and then I'm like oh I know who that guy I know that guy um (laughs) yeah well I was a little kid before that so (laughs) 
so yeah um you're down in florida now we're gonna talk all about what you've been up to we'll take it back a little bit so um so you grew up in the milwaukee area right yeah i grew up in brown deer actually (laughs) but i went to nicolay high school so yeah i lived there my whole childhood up until i was 18 when i moved down to miami for college sure uh class of 2014 um i think i was 2015 Oh, okay. Sure. From Nicolay uh, High School. Yeah. Well, uh, I know uh, there's uh, a lot of Jews in that area, um, so I knew. Yeah. I knew a lot of people who went to Nicolay uh, just from, yeah, just you know the Jewish community here. Um, I'm originally from Chicago. School. I'm from the Chicago area. Okay. Uh, south suburbs. But I came here for UWM in 2014. Um, cool. Yeah. So, Jordan, I'd love to hear about, um, yeah, just kind of how you first got started with music. When did it first kind of become a creative outlet for yourself? Sure. So I was very fortunate that my dad um, was also a guitarist. And so I started playing piano. Well, actually, I started on violin when I was super young, but I only lasted about one lesson and I lasted maybe six to eight months of piano lessons. And then I wasn't really working on it, so I gave it up. But my dad was a guitarist. He always had guitars around the house. Um, So I just expressed interest in in picking it up when I was about eight years old and he got me started. And I've been really lucky to have a bunch of great teachers um, along the way who really helped me out, especially... Uh, Neil Davis, Paul Silberglight, and at Nicolay, Michael McDowell, too, were some um, really important teachers. Mark Davis, Eric Jacobson. Shout out all those guys, right? Yeah, yeah, those guys really (laughs) helped me out, and everyone at Jazz Unlimited, um, Augie Ray, and there's a bunch of people that I'm missing, but Milwaukee was really (laughs) important for me and instrumental in how I developed I mean, entirely, that was where I grew up. So my music and influences can't really be separated from, from growing up there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. You know, that uh, you, you know, your, that your mentoring was so strong and it clearly really helped uh, cultivate, you know, uh, a strong passion for it. Um, Do you feel like your teachers really like, made it easy to care about the music when you were playing yeah I mean they let me do my thing which I guess was probably what I needed at that time was not a rigorous teacher but somebody who was going to let me be creative and just point me in the right direction which was what I got from from a lot of those people so they definitely didn't push me to to play in a certain style or anything it was always just like establishing your fundamentals as a as a player and then from there it whatever you can whatever you can do fantastic that's that's great um yeah uh so what did you kind of like what'd you grow up listening to um what do <laughs> you uh, have playing in the house um so i mean my parents always told me that when i was in the womb they were listening to like frank sinatra and J.S. Bach, and that I would fall asleep to that stuff when I was a baby. But 
my dad was always playing Beatles records in the house, like 60s rock stuff and Miles Davis, Cannonball Adderley. So I was really lucky to hear those records when I was like seven, eight years old. My dad would play them for me and show me the CD covers and everything. And we'd be listening on the boom box. <laughs> those are some pretty vivid memories. So my most vivid memory is just seeing the cover of Rubber Soul in the CD case and just seeing their hairstyles and the way that the graphics were were stretched out and stuff. And I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> and that's probably, yeah, that was just one of the most important moments to me. I still remember it all the time. Hell yeah. That's, <laughs> that's dope. Um, man, the boom box. Boom My box. parents had a yellow one and they had it playing like we had a greenhouse. Um, that was like our family business. And I would just like whenever I would go out and play outside, like there'd just be the boom box that was just blasting from the greenhouse like all the time. And it reminded me of being like, it's like, you know, being a kid growing up in the early 2000s, like that was just a staple around the house. Yeah, it was, man. And I still listen to CDs in my car. I still have a huge stack of CDs. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah like the CD book, kind of. Yeah, I feel like I'm still in the 20th century. I've got the six CD changer in my car, and I am only use that. Dude, that's iconic. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember, like, we had a Walkman also. I had that, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I would be listening to my like Green Day records and Radiohead. I would buy from Exclusive on the East Side, <laughs> and just go home and play those in my Walkman. Dude, hell yeah! When I was in like second grade, I would listen to this Mickey Mouse CD uh, on on my Walkman, and like I used to be really scared of storms when I was little, so I'd listen to it like my Mickey Mouse CD, like every time there's a bad storm because it would like soothe me <laughs> speaking of that exclusive company i just uh, stopped in last week uh i picked up some music uh I bought some modest mouse records and uh some uh i got uh tyler the creator i got uh yeah it was, it was a good day it was a solid day uh exclusive i got graceland by paul simon i got really into that record this past year nice used records or new there are all of them are new actually awesome <laughs> but i didn't learn that you should go to the used bin first i didn't learn that until a bit later <laughs> yeah that's okay sometimes the used ones are really eaten chewed up at this point but <laughs> yeah that's yeah if you go to We Buy Records in River West, uh, they've got like, like really old ones that are all like worn up and shit uh, for like two or three bucks. One. That know. one's on cent. It's on Center Street, like right by uh, okay. like Company Brewing. Um, okay, it's been there a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I never saw that one. That's weird. I'll have to check it out next time I'm in town. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's good for getting cheap used shit, but uh, exclusive definitely has the best selection. Exclusive is great, and Acme is pretty good too down in Bayview. Yeah, yeah, Acme's cool. Rushmore is pretty cool. Rushmore is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he's got to have a field day. You got to go to all of them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that place in Chicago, Jazz Record Mart, that closed, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I used to, I think I got to go there once, but it was before I even like started a record collection. But yeah, I, I want to go to Amoeba in like LA. I went to the one in San Francisco one time. That'd be super cool. I want to do a what's in my bag skit. It's an expensive hobby. <laughs> so, Certainly. so anyway, uh, back on track here. So, um, so after, um, high school, uh, so you, you went to school in Miami. Uh, what'd you go for? Um, I went to school for music at the university of Miami. So music performance. <laughs> well, what made you choose that specific program? Um, really it was my teacher, John Hart, who's a great guitarist who, was a musician in New York for many years and just moved down here to Miami a few years ago to teach. Um, but he was, he pretty much got me to come down here and I got to take a lesson from him before I, I came. And I just knew from, from hanging out with him and getting a sense of his teaching style that it would really be an, a great experience to come down here. So, and I knew one person, um, Alec Aldred, who's a trumpet player from, from Milwaukee too. And so just that little connection plus the teacher who was like egging me on to come down there was, was enough because I never saw myself living in Florida really before that, but the opportunity opened up. Yeah, for sure. And was it, did you feel it was easy to acclimate? Oh yeah. I mean, I was really lucky because I was immediately surrounded by a group of like-minded people other musicians who had similar ideas and goals to me so it wasn't hard to acclimate and University of Miami is kind of like a little bubble you know which isn't so great in terms of like especially as a freshman and you live on campus it's hard to actually get out and see the world I thought I was going to really be able to use my Spanish down here and then I realized that it wasn't really going to happen like most of my classmates were were white didn't speak Spanish yeah. in Miami so that was not what I was expecting but I guess it made it easy to I to make friends with everybody really quickly too though yeah cool so it gets sweltering down there is my understanding like in the summer yeah, yeah. It can be a lot a of very sticky yeah very humid very humid all the time definitely now is nice the winter is nice and like early spring once you get into may though it's gonna start getting really humid <laughs> and yeah the monsoons are about to sweep in and... i mean it's pretty much a jungle <laughs> dude <laughs> it's a yeah. subtropical climate dude those like yeah when i went to uh when I was talking about when I went to Disney World, it's like, oh, dude, I get to be a kid again for a day. This is sweet. And then there was like a tornado warning and then like a storm blew over and all of it happened within just like an hour. <laughs> and then it was yeah. nice again for the rest of the day. Yeah, the tro- yeah, it was like a tropical storm just blew right through. Yep. I've gotten yeah. caught in a few hurricanes since I've been down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just so like, you know, commonplace in that in that culture yeah it's just normal and then people in milwaukee are like worried about about that stuff like for me it's like i mean i (laughs) didn't grow up with any of that so i'm like what do i even believe about this and on the news they're like you need to be scared of this storm (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there have been some pretty nasty ones uh for like the last couple years i know there were but you know, this happens like six times a year. We kind of just uh, 
hideout for a couple days and then exactly yeah, <laughs> clean, up a couple, clean up a couple trees and that's about it <laughs> much, yeah, yeah much. for sure so uh tell me about like um your takeaways from the program uh like you overall feel like it was a really solid and forwarding experience for you yeah it was it was great honestly i mean all of the i just got to play with people who were way better than I was at the time and who still are like all these people who would just push me just by getting to be in the same room with them and hear people my age who are doing this amazing stuff with music is like kind of the best experience. <laughs> like you can't really do that by yourself in your bedroom, like being exposed to people who are just on such a high level <laughs> yeah. of, of, of musicianship. So that was kind of the the highlight for me, honestly, just being in that culture of people. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what was your first um, band like outside of school? Um, in you mean in college or before? Uh, even before, if like you play in bands in high school. Yeah, I mean, I started trying to get a band together with some of my friends in middle school, even, oh, and we wow. tried to make some recordings on my little H2. It's ambitious. And the recorder, yeah. And I would be putting it together in Audacity and stuff, like just the most primitive software and yeah. recording stuff back in middle school. And I had another band with this guy, Joey Mancinelli, called the Sunday 45s in eighth grade. And we, we actually managed to record almost a whole set of tunes as well. And I had another group with my friend Christian Fox, who's still in Milwaukee. And he, uh, yeah, we played a lot of like blues and rock kind of stuff in high school and collaborated with some of our other friends. And then I had another project with my friends, Avi Gelfman. You probably know him. Shout out the Pickle Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he was he and uh, he and Father Sky were actually oh, yeah. they were on the show a couple months ago, and it, it I shit you not, it was the funniest episode of Mister Nice Guy. Hilarious. It was. It, I still think about that episode every day. It was <laughs> so absurd, but those guys are so funny. I know. I know. I, I gotta. Could, I gotta reach out to them. I didn't even get to see them the last time I was in Milwaukee. I kept meeting to, and then I got like a COVID scare and it just didn't yeah. work out. So, yeah, dude, I, I love those guys. Uh, so what yeah, was the I, had a, I had a band with uh, Avi and Danny Gadinsky, who uh, he's living out in Boston right now. I saw maybe you should do an interview with him. He's got this group called Earthbound Children. They've been playing outside on the side of the road. And I saw they had an interview with like their local news in Cambridge. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Danny's doing some cool stuff out in Cambridge. But we recorded um like a you know, not a fully produced EP, but one of like some original funk tunes a few years ago. The project was called Frutiger. And you nice. can still find that on my SoundCloud. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> so that was a few of the projects that I had before college. And then once you hit college, uh, tell me, well, I guess for one, tell me a little bit about the Miami music scene. Like, uh, yeah. is it, uh, yeah, just like. It's great, man. I mean, of course, with COVID, it shut down for a little while, but it's been gaining steam for a while because the restrictions here are not very <laughs> are not intense 
So a lot yeah, of- Yeah, I wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean- I, We're not one to talk. Wisconsin is still pretty bad about it too. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar, it's not the same drinking culture, but it's still a culture of going out and, and partying and being social. So It's a, a bunch of yacht people. They just want to go on their yachts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. that is true. So, well, that, that's one thing about Miami is there's a lot of private gigs, corporate gigs, which are good for musicians to make money. But in terms of like the actual local scene of, of like clubs and stuff, it's pretty good. Like there's some really great bands down here and, and different people doing original music and kind of blending different influences. So there's a huge electronic scene down here. It's massive. Like <laughs> I've barely scratched the surface of it, but there's really great stuff happening. There's this festival called Three Points that's happening a little bit later this year. It had to be rescheduled like three times, but they bring in a lot of, they try to showcase the local talent as well as bring in a few in, like national artists to to get more people to come like this year. I think the killers are coming and some other people. And I got to see Herbie Hancock there as well as Ghostface from Wu-Tang a couple of years ago. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Sick. there's some really great stuff, especially for DJs. Like if you are into DJs and electronic music, like yeah. this is a place to be. <laughs> Solid. I could see that, you know, cause I, I don't know if it, if it's aided a lot by the fact that it's very warm and summery and like a very um it's just uh, a very like outdoors uh centered like scene and culture like electronic yeah. music just makes people yeah like want to be out and free and shit so exactly that, that, that would make sense yeah yeah it's a huge club club culture here too so. i mean i'd probably still just sit i'd probably just still sit inside and drink hams and uh i'd probably stay home a lot but yeah i do, I mean, I do love so expensive to go out here like if you really do it <laughs> so were you um did you get a chance to like put bands together while you were in college um a little bit yeah a lot of trio and like duo gigs i would play throughout college and i had like obviously a recital where I got to put together some of my original music and start to think about how I really want to put that together. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, since I graduated, I've been trying to put together this group with like vocals and, and rhythm section. And that's kind of been evolving into the project that I'm working on now um, with these two songs that I just released. And we have a few also on the way. Um, but I'm We're talking to... about organicism now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dope. Um, yeah, I really loved that. Uh, the loss. I loved Lost and Found a lot. Um, when I it first came out, I remember you posted about it like on social media. I was like, oh well, it's a uh, this guy's uh, a Milwaukee. He's got Milwaukee roots, so you know that that counts. We can cover this. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was very uh, very tasty song for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. an experiment <laughs> in a lot of ways. The We did the drums in a weird way, which was that they're all on MIDI triggers. So they weren't actual like drum heads. They were like mesh that were being triggered through, through MIDI signals. So it kind of, 
was an experiment <laughs> in the recording of it. Um, yeah, and I've got like three more tunes that I'm writing the vocal arrangements for now and, and working on some of the production for for those. So hopefully in the next few months before the summer, I'll, I'll be able to put some new, like I'll put a new EP out. Cool. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. uh, let me know when you, uh, when you drop. Um, tell me about like who's playing with you in this project. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's a quintet with my friend, Justine, who's an awesome singer who I went to school with. Um, also my roommate, Marty, who's a bass player, great bass player. He's playing bass with me and my friend Gib, who's also a great drummer, and he also went to school at the same time as me, although he's a couple of years older. And this guy, Jason Matthews, who's a great like synth wizard and keyboard player. Uh, I got him on that as well, as well as on the EP. So it was great to have him because he's he's just such a great player. So, so yeah, that's the group as a quintet. And I'm thinking about maybe adding some singers, but I haven't <laughs> totally figured that out yet. So just looking for an evolution so she writes all the lyrics i'm assuming no i actually all those lyrics i wrote oh okay cool. yeah yeah all the lyrics all the tunes are my lyrics all written by me i've got another this guy andres daza who's been helping me out with some of the production elements and he also did the video editing and the video production for lost and found too so he's definitely a wizard with with the production side of things he's been helping me with that sick sick um so uh what are like um do you feel like your lyrics have been coming from like a certain kind of place like uh like when you write um yeah just kind of what do you feel like your songs lately have been kind of about man i have a really hard time like with concrete concepts in songs like i've never been able to write a song about an event or a person in like a very concrete way it's always about something a little more intangible like a feeling and so word like words kind of just come to me based on that feeling basically and I don't really consider myself a great lyricist or anything I just kind of write stream of consciousness and I hope that it augments the the meaning of the melody just a little bit more to have that those lyrics I think that successful lyrics, some people are amazing at telling a very specific story with lyrics and inserting specific details. And like, I kind of wish I could write lyrics that way, but it's just not how my brain works. Like my brain works in generalities, like for better or worse with words. And so that's how I write lyrics, which I don't know, that's just where I'm at right now. And maybe yeah. that will evolve at some point as I write more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just taking more of like an abstract uh, way to convey those feelings, which, yeah, that's totally valid, too. Um, I mean, I want people to get a sense of certain themes, like compassion is a big one, just like, but the more like overarching themes, not like a very specific time, place. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Where'd the name organicism come from? Um, honestly, it came last summer. I was just thinking about how our society, we are just like so into corporatism <laughs> and everything is just like 
becoming more and more focused on the power of corporations. Yeah, it's gross. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Our, like our entire lifestyle is just taken for granted that corporations are at the front and center of it. And so I kind of wanted to just for myself be like, hey, what's an opposite approach that I can take to life? <laughs> I don't know. It's It's kind of general at this point. It's not like really specific, but it was like, how do I just look at this differently? How do we grow as a society into something that goes back to our roots as actual human beings rather than goes in the direction of like corporate greed? <laughs> yeah, instead of being driven by like having profit driven motives it, rather than like, you know, yeah, authentic interaction and altruistic instincts. Yeah, like, like actual human experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's definitely, uh, I think about that a lot too. The word does have a meaning, I think, in philosophy. Like I was researching it a little bit, but that wasn't the reason why I, I chose that name. I think it's about how all the parts of an organism like come together into to create an organic whole and to look at things from that global perspective. Um, but that wasn't the reason I chose the name. I just liked the way it sounded and how I was thinking about the the kinds of ideas that it inspired me to think of. <laughs> yeah, well, I like the I like that because even even though that wasn't necessarily what you intended with the name, like you do achieve that um, through just what the whole idea of live music, specifically like live local original music like that's the whole that's how there's a whole community um that gets like established around that you know like because it's it is organic it is being in the present moment it is like us sharing original ideas and uh, building off of each other's energy and sharing that that bundle of of positive powerful energy together and yeah man. that's why i love you know this show so much you know because yeah man no that was really astute because that was actually even another layer that i kind of thought of a little bit which was the organic creation of music and how to me the improvisational aspect of it is so important and how that is created organically in the moment too so it's like an approach to the the way the music is made as well precisely yeah so so i'm so this project is what like it's less than a year old now or yeah i mean i pretty much made the first song myself in my room with a help from a sing my singer and my uh engineer and that was in the summer so yeah it's in july so not even a year old really cool. <laughs> so you're working on the cp um that's exciting. I'm, uh, yeah. So, yeah. What, uh, what, where are you at with it? Um, yeah. So the, the vocals, the vocal arrangements, I was just writing them this morning. So cool. I just need to finish a couple arrangements, record all the vocals, and then do some sound design for the drums, mixing and mastering. And then the, <laughs> the record will be out. So there's still some production that needs, needs to get done, but it's, it's coming along. Solid. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's such a really unique thing you're doing sound wise. Like it's a, it's like, it's like an edible arrangement 
that just tastes <laughs> it has so many different like flavors and like um textures and colors like i mean an, ed- an edible arrangement that's actually like really good and like juicy you know not oh. like a bland one um but nice. yeah yeah well it's just like i can you know there's influence of soul and jazz and rock and dream pop and like a lot of different stuff going on there uh, even in just those two songs so uh right uh it's it's shining bright uh already it looks like thanks i appreciate that feedback because i can never figure out the genre like i'll be submitting it to spotify whatever and like what do i even write down <laughs> well you shouldn't have to because if it's good it's good <laughs> yeah it, true true yeah yeah have you guys been able to do anything like uh live yet like uh we actually have a show uh may 27th this place right in my neighborhood called glass and vine so got one (laughs) there you go no well that will uh become easier as uh this year will move goes on um i'm getting my first vaccine tomorrow oh congrats thank you yeah so uh i'm thinking probably by late summer we'll start having it'll become a more widely accepted thing to uh do more things like indoor probably still limited capacity but you know it's that's something uh that's something yeah well good shit man uh appreciate i appreciate you uh taking a little break from uh doing all the uh uh arranging how to talk to me today (laughs) oh thanks so much for having me it was my pleasure so as we're closing out here jordan um i ask everyone the same two things on the way out and the first is what keeps you up at night (laughs) um being able to pay my bandmates (laughs) being able to make the music that i want to and not have to worry about covering the the sessions and just making sure everyone's taken care of properly you know? yeah totally on the other hand what puts you to sleep <laughs> um probably the same thing accounting yeah <laughs> that's why i need to worry about it so much like okay everyone's all everyone's all fed everyone's uh everyone's comfy good I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to think about that stuff. It's just a necessary evil. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Thanks for being on the show, man. This yeah, is thanks so much, Ben. Dude, you bet. For everyone watching, uh, I'll be tagging Organicism so you can check out what Jordan Ratner here has been working on. Um, very interesting stuff. Uh, I, I think a lot of people will like it. And uh, looking forward to their EP coming out soon. Stay tuned. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.